Welcome back to Creative Speaks. I am Ellie and in this podcast I talk to some of the biggest names of the harder styles and rave scenes about the tracks from their career they believe to be the most memorable. In this episode I chat to a Belgian DJ and producer who is a mainstay of all the biggest festivals and events across Europe. With his own label and releases across the textile, hard dance and jump style genres, Greatest Beats is pleased to welcome Mark with a K. So yeah, we're here today to talk about your career and the three songs that you believe to be your most memorable from your career so far. It was hard choosing three. Well, it was easy choosing two, but the third one, yeah, there's, yeah. Sometimes you find, like, there's some DJs and producers who find it hard just choosing three. Yeah. <laughs> but your first song that you chose, we're going to do it in chronological order, was Music Is My Alibi. And this is from 2012. We Yes. Yeah, and and I read online that this was the first one that you released on your own label, Noise Junkie. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. And also, well, why is it special? Because um, it for me, it it meant my breakthrough with the big audience. Like before, I have always been like a resident DJ. Yeah, in a club here in uh, Belgium, High Street, in the city of Hoogstraten, and uh, well, I've I've released I, I already released like three albums but like the, the the big public didn't know me it was just like the yeah the diehard fans the 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 core the dance the, the hard dance core and with music is malabai everything yeah kind of broke open like everybody yeah. picked it up on television here in belgium and it became a, a big hit so people uh heard it they were like whoa who is this and then they came uh, they went uh, to look me up as you do, as you hear a song of someone, you go look up, oh, what else did they make? And they found, of course, like three albums with a lot of music. And that's kind of made me explode here in Belgium. Yeah, that's really interesting for you to say that, because I think there are a lot of especially quite young people who think that if it hasn't happened within a short amount of time, that they're like, oh, it's, it's not happening for me. It's not happening. Oh, no, 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 no. It was at yeah. 94, 95 you started out. Was it, it was the 90s or... Ooh. It was yeah, 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 yeah. I started DJing like in clubs. Well, I, I started DJing when I was like 18, 19, I think. Like my dad died when I was 17. Yeah. And then 18, 19, I started to go my own way. But first it was like in clubs, uh, no, not clubs, in pubs and, and, and bars and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, well, there wasn't even talk of house music, not here. It was just like I played rock music in sixties and then the Rolling Stones and stuff like that, you know, the stuff I liked. Yeah. And I started my first club that was High Street then. I was in ninety-eight. Uh-huh. So there was and then I was oh ninety-eight. I was uh, twenty-six already. So Wow. I know. <laughs> you don't look that. You look younger. Uh I'm turning fifty this year. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm a good preserved. How do you say that? <laughs> I look younger than I am, but it's yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's that's also the strength that I have as a DJ that I played commercial music like all around for a very long time, for like over ten years. Mm-hmm. And also, I was a resident like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You learn how to play all night. It was just one DJ. It wasn't like, oh, one hour, one hour. No, it was, I started at 10 and I finished when the last people went home. It was like six, seven, eight in the morning. So you had to play all night. And that's like, um, we say, bagage, uh, a luggage, uh, an extra uh, knowledge that you have when you DJ now. For me, it's, it's, a, it's a plus. I, I see it as a big plus. When I see young DJs now, they play their hour. And if I were to say, oh, play 30 minutes longer, they're like, uh, no, I can't. I mean, I can just do the hour and that's it. Yeah. Is that kind of your, you start at like 10 and you're there till two or you start, sometimes you start at seven over here and you're there till one yeah. and you've got to keep that crowd going all night. And that is a really good, um, I don't know what the word for it is, like, you know, when you learn your trade. Yeah, yeah cool. A really good way to learn your trade, to be able to keep a crowd going for that amount of time. Um, so you learn, you learn how to, how to, um, yeah, say dozer. You don't, um, when you, when I play now, it's like one hour, you, you go like, you, you go for it. You know, it's one hour madness. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you play all night. You have to, yeah, just you have to go, go like this <laughs> in peaks, you know. You can't go like that, 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 because then at one o'clock it's done, it's over. You're out of records and, and done. Yeah. But I quite enjoyed it. I I, I wouldn't want to do it anymore, like playing all night. <laughs> but uh, I quite enjoyed it. I. Uh, what was it that took you from that world of doing, you know, pubs and stuff like that, to the world of textile, jump style, hard style, to to hard dance? Well, at first I didn't. It was just. Clubs and bars, and yeah, and then and then the clubs, and then the high street and reflex. It's uh, like big clubs, like two thousand, two thousand five hundred people. Yeah. But I always had like a, a love for like the harder styles. I played all round, but I always like I like yeah tracks like embargo, like like techno, dark techno, like heavy heavy beats. Like I always call it like music with power. You know, it doesn't have to be fast or hard, but it, it music with it always attracted me more than the because i used to also produce house music probably don't know this yeah yeah, yeah. i was yeah. like uh together with uh danny Corte, a friend of mine we did paris avenue that was a group of ours and groove cats and we produced a lot of house music some of that became very big hits also but it was also like under group names but always the harder sides always attracted me more i don't know and then i just started producing solo on my own because he was thinking that way i was going that way and we kind of parted ways me and danny and then yeah we just went solo and then i just invented mark with a k and then it started from there i love your name i have to say mark with a k <laughs> i didn't come up with it it's like the, the old manager of the club i played because in belgium normally they they write mark with a c yeah. the french way my name is written with a k like the, the the Flemish, so every time, still now, still today, if I go somewhere and they ask, "Oh, what's your name?" I always say Mark with a K. Otherwise, they write it with a C, and that's all. That's that's all it is. 
It actually reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever seen that thing on the internet where somebody went into a Starbucks or a yeah. coffee shop and asked for, like, you know how to put your name on? And it says Gar- Mark. Gark. Exactly. (laughs) And so it reminds me of that. And it's just really clever. Um, Yeah, it's just such a clever. And the first time I ever heard of you was at DEF CON Festival, I think maybe 2012, and saw your name on the lineup. It stands out. I think that's like to have a name like Mark with a K, it's memorable. You think to okay. yourself, Mark with a K, that's a really cool name. Because there's always like a million different names that sound like a nuclear power station. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. very easy to have a, a quite a familiar sounding name. Mark with a K is really stands thank out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the, the, the former club owner, uh, the former club manager started writing it on, on uh, posters. And at first I was like, dude, come on. But... Come on, dude. And he's like, no, you always say it. That's your name. I'm like, no, no, it's just stupid. He said, no, no. And it just sticks to me. And I was like, okay. Mark with a K, it is, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't have known what I've chosen otherwise. I have no idea. Yeah, that's really clever. So, yeah, you got into music and you started making your songs. And you were released on a lot of different labels before you got your own label what was it that made you want to move to your own label to release songs like this one like music is my alibi well mostly uh to give other young talents a platform to release on like tracks i like and i would play i want to release them and i know it's hard for young producers to get signed or whatever but back in the day i was like yeah i want i want i want to be able to help the young motivated producers help them and then give them a platform to release on if it's good enough but i would help them like make it good enough so uh yeah that's mostly the yeah it wasn't supposed to be like a lifestyle or whatever no it was just like here's a platform and here this type of music you can release on this on my label would you say you have achieved that would you would you say that that initially you've managed to, to do with your label has that been successful yes uh yes i think so like pat b released on my label I, a lot of guys released on the label so uh i oh, discovered this is a big word but like i helped young talents get where they are now today so um yeah i'm grateful for that and i'm also grateful that they chose the label <laughs> but i think for now but maybe i'm i'm wrong i think now labels are um oh, i wouldn't say overrated but less important for me, for me, because everything is digital now. Back in the day, it was like vinyls and, and eh? but now it's just, yeah, Spotify. I mean, I remember when I used to go like to the record store and it was like, oh, there's a new Scantrax records, oh, there's a new Dirty Works. People don't see that anymore. I mean, they just go Spotify, they look up the artist and that's it. I released a couple of songs that I didn't. I, I didn't even need a label for it. You just you you sign up to that thing that puts them on all the things. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, but it's true. It's true. I think you're absolutely right. I think it. We are going. We had. We went through those transitions where we went from, like you know, an actual product like CD or vinyl to digital, and now I think we're going to another level where people just can create and just yep. put it out there and. Yeah, because in the past you had to get a label to say, yeah, that's good enough for me to want to go and press that and put money into it. 100%. The, the, the only thing that's that's still good on labels is like if they have like a large um, online community or like a big reach, 
like they have a, a big uh, YouTube uh, account or a big uh, Spotify playlist. That can, that is the only thing you should sign with a label, I think. Yeah. But for the rest, I think we are going into another transition where you really don't need a label. I don't think so, no. No, absolutely not. You do just sort of put it out there yourself and just go for it, really. I really like the video for this song. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it was, it's so funny because it's uh, the uncle of my wife is playing in it, uh, her grandmother. Uh, it's all just friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, back at the, I used to like make videos and spend a lot of money on it because it would be played on television. We had a music station, Gym TV, and they played music uh, videos. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's everything changed. So I, now I don't bother making like very expensive video clips anymore because it's just to put on YouTube. I mean, I still try to, I, I still deliver quality, I think, but I'm not going to spend like 15, 20,000 euro anymore on videos because why? <laughs> if Lady Gaga can make a video with an iPhone, then... exactly. Everybody can so yeah. and the technologies in these phones is just incredible now so yep. i don't think there's much need to be really because yeah because there was a stage around that time 2012 when everyone was starting to make music videos i know that um like some of my songs were made had videos to them and stuff like that but that was a time when there was like a lot of money getting put into videos so yeah i know <laughs> a lot <laughs> but it's, it's fine it's it, it paid off huh? it paid off yeah Made, it made me who I am today. Yeah? So yeah. it was a different time. It's a different time. Yeah. And you did go on to be, I, I, I think, quite memorable. You, you get booked and booked and booked and booked for so many different festivals and events across. Like, I can't remember going to a festival that your name wasn't on the lineup. And you, <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I haven't been to a huge amount of festivals. I've been to DEFCON four times and decibel two times but decibel's exhausting it's just a lot of walking so, i know it's a long walk eh, from one stage to another i know with the big road and you always see your name and yeah i i can't think of i think i, I think there's a lot of people who might not know you or might not know your music or be familiar with it but would definitely know you based on the fact that they expect to see you on these lineups <laughs> <laughs> yeah true true that's true I'm very grateful that I'm still, uh, I have so many bookings and people still uh, come to my shows watching yeah. me perform. Um, I'm very grateful for that. I know it's not, it's not something uh, you should take for granted. I'm very, uh, yeah, thankful for it. Yeah, absolutely. on to your second choice which is from 2013 and is a song called forever young yeah why did you choose this one um for me personally it's it's, it's my it's one of my best songs i've ever made mm -hmm. um i still love it till the day and i will always love it i guess uh, at first i was very afraid to bring it out because uh, it was with the same singer as music is my alibi mm -hmm. and back in the day it was like Oh, you have to do something different every time, and will people oh, it's the same, the same singer? Uh. But I brought, I, I released it, and it just exploded. It was insane. It was crazy. 
in the scene, in the scene, yeah, I mean, I, I know me worldwide, but like in Belgium, it was, yeah, and people uh, still text me and, and, oh, we played on a funeral and like, we played on a, on a wedding and, and still today. And that's amazing. That's, and they have the lyrics tattooed on their body. And, and yeah, it's, it's special. I don't know. Sometimes you work on a song and just it falls together and it, you're like, yes. <laughs> Because I, th- I, I thought about sometimes like, oh, should, should you make a remake? And I'm, I'm still today, I'm like, I can make it better myself. <laughs> Maybe sound-wise, but for the rest, I wouldn't know how I can make it better than I made it back then. So That's a really good sign of a song that's just got it. That's just perfect in your mind because you can't imagine it being remixed or redone yeah no i can't every artist has those songs that they they know if it was remixed it would probably take on another life of its own i mean i know i have songs that are like that but there's an element of nah nobody's touching that yeah yeah it's true it's true and yeah and some there's some guys some hardstyle guys who made a remix of it but it didn't like do a lot it was a good remix i was was decent but it didn't do anything people just like the original uh yeah, the one I made. So, uh, and I'm still very proud of it. And it's funny because the kick is out of key. <laughs> it's not in the right key. Yeah, it's like half a note out of key. But I didn't know better back then. I yeah. was more like, oh yeah, fine. It sounds good, so it's it's good, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it still doesn't bother me. I still like. Fine. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, and I released it like when I was like uh, booming in my in my. Um, I would say my prime. I don't know if that's the correct English, but when I was the most popular, uh-huh. that's the song that was like topping it. It was like, um, yeah, it still gives me a lot of memories. And gives you good memories. Yeah, I still love it. I think as well, you were very creative with the video for this one because it shows you and who you are and takes yeah. the viewer on a day in your life and shows exactly. like just little, little things like how you interact with other people within the scene and yeah yeah i just really liked the the video you did for it because it showed yeah that it showed you it, it showcased who you are if you look carefully and it's it's that is true to life half of the video i'm eating <laughs> and that is what i always do in festivals <laughs> like i play my set and the first thing i say i go say like go eat something we go eat something <laughs> and then we go eat something <laughs> every time and it shows <laughs> I, I do think it really shows in, in that way that I was thinking that, you know, I always associate you with the festivals. <laughs> it's yeah. In my head, I was like, Mark with a K is going to be at DEF CON. It's, it's, kind of, <laughs> it's that sort of, it's, you think of you in festivals and to have this video, which is all about you, day in the life of Mark with a K, it just, it just is fun to watch and just to see your interactions with everyone. And it really brings that idea of being forever young. Yeah, true. It's it's actually the song is about like like this music, the scene keeps us young. It keeps music keeps us young. You can you can be I don't know, 50, 60, you hear a song from your youth and you feel young again. That's what I mean like it's it's you you're forever young. Plus I always I I know some people like a guy his girlfriend uh died in a car accident and her favorite song was Forever Young. Mm-hmm. And she's now because she died of young age, she will be forever young. And it's, it's yeah, it's, I know there's a lot of songs with that title, but for me, it's, it's yeah, special. special. Yeah. And it's the first video I made that goes around me. 
The other videos, I just, I just made a cameo. I didn't want it to be about me. I didn't want to be like, feel old, look at me. And that was the first, I was like, no, this now it's about me. <laughs> I'm the one who, who's going to be forever young. So, yeah. Don't you think this kind of music that, that you make, like in hard dance music, all dance music, keeps people very young? Yeah. I think it's, it's the kind of music that uh, it's hard to describe. It's like you never really grow up. If you're into this kind no. of music, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, and I, I, would you say it's kept you young? Because I wouldn't have thought you were 50 next this year. Next, next month, next month. Wow. Yes, 50. Yeah. No, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It was so funny, but like two days ago, I was live on TikTok, and somebody asked me, "Oh, uh, how long will you still be be a DJ?" I was like, "I don't know." Oh, till you're 50 and then you're going to retire? <laughs> I said, yeah, I hope so. Because I don't, I don't tell their age. I said, I hope so, because it's next month. <laughs> so they don't know. They're like, oh, yeah. But I think that's, that's a good thing. People look at me and you have some other, oh, not going to say, like, like uh, BFS, uh, uh, famous Flemish people. And they, they just look at this like, oh, it's, it's Mark with a K. They're not like, oh, how old is he? And oh, he's getting older. And this is much. Mark with a K. And you have a guy like Richie or, you know, it's, it's, you're like a timeless person. You, it's like Dark Raver. It's like, it's Dark Raver, you know, you're like, oh, old is it? no, it's Dark Raver. Yeah. Exactly. Or Paul Elstack. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true, I think, as well, in the sense that, like, with DJs, you never give a thought to how old they are. It doesn't matter. Like, a lot of industries, age is a matter. You hit a certain age and that's it. Everyone starts to go downhill. Whereas exactly. in this industry, I think it doesn't really matter. You know, no. DJs keep playing and keep playing and the music keeps going. And, you know, it's it's only been, I mean, most of the DJs that started out when, you know, rave became a thing are now in their 50s. And I can see them still doing it in their 70s. If Dick Jagger can do it nearly 80. Yeah. But, but look at, like, David Guetta. How old is he? 54, 55? I don't know. It's... Wow. Or Tiesto. They're all in the, way in their 50s, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you don't look at them like, oh, look at that old guy. No, you're like, oh, it's Tiesto. David Guetta. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, and that keeps you forever young, I think. That's it's the music. It's everything that goes around it. Uh, yeah. And I think as well what probably keeps you feeling young is you have an, a family. You have a nice, like I, I was looking at your Instagram and you're always, you're very, you show your family and your family's yeah. life and they must keep you young. <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> yeah no my daughter is um is 14 it's a difficult age <laughs> she started uh she's a bit rebel uh <laughs> my son is still young he's six daughter is sometimes a handful uh yeah but i love them to death uh but it's she's, st she's starting to find her own way you know she's um yeah i think the hardest part of being a parent is uh, letting go and you have to let your kids go you have to let them find their own path. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes uh, hard, I think. Yeah, absolutely. For me, yeah, that's the hardest about uh, parenting, I think. How do, you, how do you find it having a career in being a DJ and in music and having a young family? Because I know some DJs talk about that being quite complicated sometimes. No, because I'm very lucky to have an amazing wife. Uh, she's always been a midwife. And I think a couple of years ago, I asked her, like, uh, honey, would you, would you be willing to uh, quit your job 
come in the company and you take care of the kids and everything. And I can focus fully on my career. And she was like, sure. Okay. Wow. So she always takes care of the kids and does the house, everything. I, I help, of course, but <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, uh, it just works. Yeah. It's good when you find that person that is really exactly. supportive because it can be really hard explaining to people who aren't in this industry what like what it's like they can't understand why you have to be there at this time and you know it's very hard to explain to people and to maintain relationships and you know and so it's really good that you have someone so supportive behind you yeah 100 percent i had i had other girlfriends before her and at the beginning it's like oh you're a dj wow wow and 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 i said like okay but i'm not there every weekend i'm gone Oh, it's fine, it's fine. After three months, they're like, oh, you're gone every week. And I told you. I mean, well, yeah. if you go out and I go out and I go partying, like, I'm not partying, I'm working, I'm teaching, it's my job. Yeah. Oh, and it always, it's it crashed. It's complicated. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that as well because it's hard to explain to people that you are just going to work because they think exactly. you're going out without them and, you know, no. have a good time. And it's, it's very hard to explain. Or even just like producing, I think, as well, because producing, you spend a lot of time at a computer for hours upon hours upon hours and you totally lose track of time and trying to explain to people who don't have that career that's that's quite hard as well so it's True. really good to have a family that's really supportive of that so as she knows i'm i'm in i'm in the first place i see myself as a dj and then a producer mm-hmm. um sometimes you have like producer slash djs i'm a dj slash producer yeah uh, but I sometimes have also like, sometimes I'm in the zone and you're like, oh, you're in the flow. And sometimes there's like days. It's not coming, you know? I, I remember talking to someone who had been a DJ in the 90s and they had said that they saw a big change because in the, in the 90s, you could just be a DJ. You didn't have to have your own songs and you didn't need to produce your own songs. Someone would say, this is my song, will you play it? And you'd play all these these hits and, you know, yeah. You could just be a DJ. Do you think nowadays that's a lot harder to be? Do you think yeah. nowadays you have to be making your own music as well? If you want to be, people ask me sometimes, they're like, oh, how can I be like you or be a big DJ? And I would say like, you can be a DJ, but if you don't release tracks, you will just be a DJ for your friends or in your local town or maybe the town next to it, but not further. Because yeah. why would people come to see you? Because they know you of your music. Nobody cares how good you can mix or whatever. I mean, nobody says, oh, you see this guy mixing. Oh, people like whatever. They just know like, oh, it's from that song. Oh, I want to see that guy. And mm-hmm. That's the only thing you need to do. Either you produce it yourself or you do a ghost producer, but you need to release tracks. That's very important. And that's probably changed a lot since when you first started DJing with. Yeah. With, you would never have had to do that because I can think of really big DJs back when I was a teenager who who don't have any songs out they don't they never sure. made their songs they didn't know how to do it but they were massive we really respected them or they have one hit and they still play all around the world because of that one hit no it's true it's true you can't do that anymore today no you need to have like every year you need to have two or three hits sort of speak yeah. you know people like there's I remember used to we go to the record store, you bought a record and you play that track for two, three years. And it, it, it worked every weekend. It was oh crazy, wow, wow, wow. But now you release a track and almost the, the week after they're like, so when's the new track coming? So uh, 
I already heard this one. I mean, people are so like, you need to, they want more and more and faster. And, and that's sometimes very heavy, I think. <laughs> yeah, because everyone does want something new or something fresh yes. or, yeah. you know, something new to, yeah, I think that's very, very true. Because that's the problem with my genre, because I, like, I'm kind of only the only one still doing textile. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of us left anymore. Um, so there's not a lot of uh, producers who make it anymore. I used to be like, oh, a lot of tracks. I don't get tracks like from hardly anyone. So if I need, if I want to play new tracks, I have to make it myself. Yeah. But that's hard. I mean, it, I can't produce every week two, three tracks. It's that is just not possible. Yeah. And that makes it sometimes frustrating. Like when I, like people are like, oh, oh, you often play the same sets or the same tracks. I'm like, dude, yeah, but what tracks do you want me to play? There aren't any tech tracks. Oh, you, oh, you play raw style. Yeah, but what do you want me to do? I can't play every weekend like every same tracks. So uh, it's that's harder for me. But I'm not complaining. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> but then you don't want to you don't want to be the kind of person who thinks okay I need to keep making new music and just go around and around because then you'll rush it I know but sometimes I have it sometimes I lay awake in bed like oh I need to do this and that and yeah it's sometimes frustrating because when you're in the studio and nothing comes out it's like oh, I need to make something and uh, I want new tracks and I want new music and uh, yeah absolutely it does fr frustrating yeah frustrating you can only do so much and then True. if you push it too much then what you're creating isn't going to be near quality that you want it to be i know i know i know it's but i don't think you're doing too bad i think you're doing <laughs> thank you very much thank you i try i try i try absolutely song that we're gonna um talk about is called see me now for what it's worth in brackets yeah. it hits that chord in me that yeah. like when you've lost someone who meant the world to you to sort of um my music career took off at a time after when I was experiencing quite a heavy grief in my life and there were moments in it where you were like ah. Oh, I really wish you could see this. Mm. And I think this song kind of encapsulates that idea of, yeah, yeah, I just, it obviously, it obviously comes from a very personal place, this song. Yeah, yeah. Because you mentioned earlier on that your dad died when he was 17, when, when you were 17. When I was 17, yeah. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, um, for me, it's, it's, um, it's the, op uh, not the opposite. Like my dad uh, always said, uh, he was uh, ashamed of me. Uh, he was not proud of me. He—it's uh, true, it's true. Um, and he was ashamed that I was his son, and I was a nobody, and I was a loser. And that's what he told me until he died. So he never told me he was proud. And that's why I wrote the song. Like, what would you say now if you could see me now? Would you still say that? So, mm -hmm. like my mom and my sister, they always tell me like. 
What I need is for him to come back one more time and tell me, son, you're doing good. I'm proud of you. It's never going to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a burden I carry and I, I will die with. And, uh, it's yeah. When you've lost someone and as unresolved. Exactly. Maybe I should see it also positive, like because of what he said, I'm always pushing myself to the edge to be, to be the best at something because I want to prove myself, you know, maybe, uh, for him, I don't know, maybe. But I have this, this this urge to always, I always see myself as the second best, third best. I don't, and I never see myself as oh, I'm the best. Never. Because of that, yeah. because of my youth, of course. Because of what he told you. Maybe that's that's also what, what motivated me to, to be the position I am now. Because I always keep going and I, it has to be better and better and I have to go better. And so, yeah. I don't know. I try to look at that way now, like. A little bit more positive, but um, I've seen a lot of therapists uh, about uh, this. Show. Still, I still do. By the way, it's. Uh, I think that's a really hard thing to. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's. It's. Yeah, I. There's. There's. Doesn't go a day go by that I don't tell my kids I'm proud of them. They're probably like sick of hearing it, but every day I'm like, oh, dude, I'm so proud of you, and you're my son, and you're my daughter, and I love you, and yeah, because I don't want. I don't want for me. Uh, that happens something happens to me and they leave with something unresolved i i no i don't want that because i know what it's like uh it's not good yeah and and actually harold the guy who wrote it i we wrote it together uh he lost his girlfriend to cancer so for him it's also very personal <laughs> so like he kind of wrote it for me my dad but also for him and his girlfriend so it's like I remember yeah. we were recording another song, My Own Revolution. And he said, oh, remember that chord schema you sent me? I said, yeah, yeah, I wrote something. I think you're going to like it. And he played it. I played on my phone and he sang it. I was just crying. I was crying in the studio. And I wrote, I wrote home and I called my wife like, oh, babe, this, this blew my mind. This, wow. And still is, I mean, it's, yeah. The video, I think, is incredibly brave. Yeah. I think you. you are brave talking about this song and being so open and honest about, like, it's it's not an easy thing to admit that this has happened to you and this, oh. and you put it into your art and your music and your video, and the video is, everything you just explained there, exactly. it shows how, how your dad constantly got on at you and... Yeah. And even on to the very end, and then but then how you overcame it, and and then in the end he's he's looking at me in the in the audience. I I imagine him, uh, but like my uncle, uh, so his brother, my dad's brother, uh, yeah, he was he was mad about it. He was like, yeah, and no, I don't like how you portrayed my brother and blah 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 blah. I'm like, dude, you don't know what he was like to me as a dad. I mean, <laughs> sorry, this is my story. I mean. So yeah, I told him like, did you watch it until the end? Because he's like, yeah, but still, uh, yeah, I wasn't that too happy with it. But I don't care. So. It's absolutely your truth, and you have your right to say your truth and to speak exactly. your truth. Exactly. I'm not trying to make him look bad, you know. I'm not trying to to diss him or anything, but it's just my story. It's yeah. 
and a very personal one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very like it's so fascinating to hear you talk about that about and being so open about how that song. That's why I had to choose it. Uh, I had to choose it. There are more that I have to choose actually, but I was like, no, I need to put "See Me Now" because it's it's the most personal uh, song I ever did. It was quite big in Belgium. Yeah, they played on the radio. We made like a uh, I made a candlelight version, like not hard dance. And that they played also on a on a, a local television series, and and I mean it was good. I was uh, they picked it up good. So a lot of the time, dance music can be very impersonal. It's mm. put your hands in the air. We're all having a great time. <laughs> and so I always like to hear songs that break that status quo, like this one, and say, "No, I'm. This is my art. I'm going to write about." what I want to write about. Music lyrics are such a huge part. I have those tracks as well. I have party tracks, of course. You need party tracks as well. But it's the same with Music is a Malibu. Also the lyrics. Uh, I wanted to be like, like, like back in the day, like Ed, 2012, people looked at hard dance here in Belgium. Like I was like for, for yeah, like the low lives, you know, oh, hard, you listen to hard dance? Well, that's so, well. And that was the song about like, like, okay, we sometimes act weird and, and listen to weird music, but hey, the music is our alibi. It's the music that makes us do it, you know? Why did, why did you do that? Hey, the music, that's, that's my alibi. <laughs> it's, the music makes me crazy. And that was, I always try to put something like in lyrics, uh, something personal. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a stunning, absolutely stunning song. And you've taken your time to Thank you. really do to put, bring it out and and the tweak is the tweak has made an uh, an amazing remix of it uh yeah yeah the tweak is mix as well Did and i remember know? kent uh there's a video on youtube somewhere that that i played and he's crying also and he's playing wow. some his remix uh yeah he's crying i played it for uh marcus was in the studio here with me once and i played it like oh, i have this new song let's listen to it and he listened and first he said was yeah, we we gonna we want to remix that. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, oh, shall I show? Shall I show? You, uh, shall I let you hear my melody? No, 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 just, no, no. Just send me the chords and the sing the song, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, it, immediately it was like, yeah, we want to remix this one. <laughs> yeah, because even without knowing your story behind it and where it came from. It is a song that so many people can just relate. It's relatable. Yeah, it's very relatable. Yeah, it's very, very much that idea of losing someone and wanting them to exactly. see. Yeah, and it can be anything. It can be your, it can be a pet. It can be your grandfather. It can be a friend. It's it's, it's universal. That's uh, that's what that's what I always want. It's like personal, but everyone can relate to it. You know, I don't want to be like uh. Oh, and my dad left me all alone. No, that's very, that's like, oh, it's about his dad. <laughs> I don't want that. You're going to go like more. <laughs> you told your story without it being like. Too personal. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, it's done really well. It's a beautiful, beautiful track. Thank you very much. What would you say if you could see me now? What would you do?
see yourself going in your career? So do you see yourself as that eight-year-old, nine-year-old raver? <laughs> <laughs> I'm far, far anymore, eh, 80. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, well, at this moment, we're trying to go to the next level, to be honest. Um, we're working very hard on a brand new life act. And we're going to wow. do like, yeah, but it's going to be off the charts. We're going to premiere it at Reverse, Force Palace, Antwerp. Um, and it's going to be like a, a complete audio visual experience. So we're going to have like 30 minutes, but also visuals going to be insane. We're working very hard on it, um, making edits, uh, new music, remixes. It's going to be like an experience. People, I want people to be after the, the live act to be like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. That was wow. <laughs> that was something else. Yeah. So you're always trying to create new ideas and push forward and create new visions and so on. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, I'm happy I can I can still do it because um, I have to say during corona uh yeah, I wasn't in a good place, but I think nobody was. It was uh it was hard financially, it was hard mentally, it was uh yeah, it left a mark. Mark. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it changed a lot of people I think with the coronavirus with DJs as I think a lot of people gave it up after, yeah. after and a lot of people changed how they like I gave people like I was speaking to a DJ who talked about how it was like a reset button that he needed for his mental health okay. um, and, it, and it, it kind of like it changed, I think that, that that whole time of the coronavirus it's I think the scene that we have now is so different from what it was 2019. That is true. I yep. think it's comes from that, from that coronavirus time. It's, it's really sort of switched everything around. But you're still going strong. You got through it and you're <laughs> bigger and, you know, We're still keeping here. on going. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm doing, a, like, uh, doing a collaboration now with Sigmode, which I like uh, a lot. Wow. Yeah, 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 I like his music a lot. Uh, there's a new remix coming. There's a new solo coming. Uh, still in the works, eh? but yeah, it's, it's good. Good. But I sometimes have months, nothing's coming <laughs> from my brain. It's like empty. Yeah, but it's frustrating, you know. But now yeah. it's it's uh, it's good. Back on track. So that's good. That's good. I always have it with like uh, it goes up and down. That's why I see myself more as a DJ than a producer. You know? Yeah. Do you like DJing best? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that vibe you get back from the crowd, and yeah. Although when a, a, a track is finished and I'm happy, I'm it's also a very good feeling. Where you're like, oh yes, this is yes, this is exactly oh yes, yeah. But I'm not uh, I'm not uh, the best producer at all. Uh, I'm not the most technical producer, but I don't want it to be. It's, it's not something I aspire to be. You know. Um, if you see like hard driver, he's like in the studio from nine in the morning till six in the evening. And he's like, he's, he's, he's a studio animal. If you ask him like, oh, this sound, oh yeah. And he makes that sound. That's not me. You know? <laughs> it's, that's, it's just not me. <laughs> so I'm like, that sounds right. <laughs> exactly. I'm the same. I'm the same. It's like, it's like this podcast I used to green room in Glasgow. There's so many people who are so technical, and it's just yeah. if it's not, if it's not for you, it's just you just. It's not me. It's not me. No, no. I'm not. I'm not a sound designing type of guy, uh, and I don't. I don't want it to be. I mean, I don't care. It's. It's not. Yeah, I don't know. I like producing. I, I do it. 
Um, and I do make my own sounds and everything, not that, but it's not like I'm uh, reinventing music or anything, you know? <laughs> you haven't had to be technical to the top level and your songs are great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then the, the thought you put into them, the lyrics, musically and a musicality way, you, you're right up there. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you'll always be on the lineups at DEFCON. <laughs> I, think, I think it would be like, you know, the Ravens leaving the Tower of London if you weren't on a DEFCON lineup. <laughs> you know, it'd be, like, it'd be like that. It'd be just like, all right, okay, well, we need to put them back on the lineup and it'll just all go wrong. <laughs> Thank you. I think oh, it's, it's very much. It's that. very nice of you to say. Thank you. This has been Greatest Beats. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, don't forget to share and subscribe and tell your friends. Let them know we're here. I'm Ellie. It's been great having you. Join me next time for another three Greatest Beats.